Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast. Thank you so much for me, Mark Woods, for making the time to listen in to the podcast. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to the Post Up, our new regular newsletter packed with features and insight. Just head to mvp247.com, sign up, and you can get it right into your inbox. Now, our guest on this edition is a multi-sport maestro. He cut his teeth on a different kind of court, an alternative version of the net, before coming back to basketball, where he's now into his second season as a member of the London Lions. Josh Ward-Hibbert, welcome to the MVP cast. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Um, I mean, it's early days in the season, so a bit of an unfair question, but how's the, how's the 2021 version of the Lions shaping up for you? Yeah, like I said, it's early, but it's great. You know, we've obviously, um, even though we, uh, in the BBL we haven't played a game yet, we've been with the team for numerous weeks now in like pre-season and going into the Champions League and it's great. We've got a great, great group of guys and everyone's focused on you know, doing the best uh, that they can for the club and, you know, coming away with the most uh, wins and trophies as we can this year. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's exciting. I'm enjoying every minute of it. So hopefully good things to come. Two sports star, tennis and basketball, yeah. different, different kind of setups, particularly at the top level if you're in, in this country. But I mean, that's... Let's go back to your junior career. I mean, incredible junior career. I mean, you won the Australian Open doubles in 2012 with Liam Brody, who recently represented the UK at the, the Tokyo Olympics, and you know the singles quarterfinals that same year, and doubles at the you know, the other three Grand Slams, tenth in the world junior rankings. I mean, explain to us. I mean, we've seen a little bit obviously recently with everyone talking about Emma Raducanu, but you know, what was the path that it took you to reach that kind of high point as a as a junior tennis player? Uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like anything. Uh, it was a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of dedication and, uh, just being in the, being in the right system and, and the right self. I trained out in Soto Tennis Academy for numerous years and, uh, the, my coach, Dan Kiernan, who's the uh, director there, he's, uh, was, was great. We did some great work and, um, it was just time, you know, it was just obviously, uh, having a goal just to be the best I could be. And constantly pushing and striving to be better, and just uh, just trying to keep my head down and focused. And uh, along the way, obviously, like, as as you mentioned, there was uh, some pretty good uh, accolades to look back on. What's what's the level of commitment that takes in your teenage years? Because we've seen different players with different journeys. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. Andy Murray going off to Spain or Emma Raducanu playing, you know, largely at home. You know, for you, how does that fit amongst? Being a teen, uh, tennis is a, it's a difficult it's a difficult sport. It's not uh, especially when you get to you know some of the higher levels, you know, pros or juniors. Uh, it's not one of them things that uh, is you can take half-heartedly. It, it involves training basically every day, uh, not just you know for an hour, you know, like two three hours a day um, with maybe fitness on top of that. Um, competitions, whether whether them competitions are. Uh, international competitions or uh, national competitions it's, it's a massive it's a massive time commitment um, and there's a lot of sacrifice you have to a lot of things you have to sacrifice uh, in your life obviously just to just to be able to maintain and just keep on with uh, schedule as busy as tennis uh, can get 
mean, you were still playing basketball. I mean, you were an Eng- England under 16 international. You go to Europeans as well. How do you mix and match those two sports together at that age? Yeah, it's one of them. When you, I guess when I was younger, it's kind of it was just second nature to me. So I never, never massively uh, thought about it. But uh, yeah, I just I played them both from a very young age, um, and just constantly through through my childhood, it was uh, playing tennis or playing basketball. I've got, especially growing up, I had equal love for both. Like I loved playing basketball, and when I wasn't playing basketball, I loved playing tennis, and vice versa. And kind of was really getting to the points where. Uh, you know, if I wasn't playing basketball on a weekend or during during an evening, I was going to be playing tennis and the other way around. So I definitely, definitely kept my schedule busy for, you know, not much, not much else. But to, to be honest, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I love, uh, I love and still love both sports. And um, just the opportunity to be able to play and do what I've done in the sports was, I'm going to be grateful for. I've seen a lot of big name hoopers who love tennis and Steve Nash big tennis fan, Dirk Nowitzki, big tennis fan. We've also seen a lot of tennis players like Novak Djokovic, big basketball fan. I mean, is it one of those things when you're going around the tournaments, there's a there's the odd pickup game here? Right, may, maybe not my experience, uh, not so much. I think uh, while I was while I was playing, I probably only played a couple one-on-ones or whatever, probably a handful of times. But I think I think there's just a mutual admiration and respect just probably from them, some of them top guys. And then I think tennis people understand and, you know, you can see how um, tough and demanding and skillful basketball is. And the same way some of the basketballers, I, I believe, can see how uh, tough, demanding and skillful tennis is. I think there's just a mutual respect from both sides, which is probably uh, gathers their interest in the sports. And which probably gathers my interest in the sports as well from a younger age, seeing how uh, great watching some of the professional basketballers and some of the professional tennis players on TV, how amazing it was to me to watch. That's probably what kept my interest and still continues to keep my interest. What's that transition like? Because it's one of those sports where people understand that it's a, it's a difficult transition from juniors to, to seniors and you're not basketball people can be a bit more progressive tennis is one of those sports where you know it's it's a different kind of ball game if you pardon the pun what was what was that process like for you when you've been very successful as a junior player but then you're looking at the big guns and how you make that leap on onto the, the tour, etc. I mean, what do you go through at that point? Yeah, I think it's. I think everyone's going to have a different journey with that. Um, but for me, for me, that uh, transition was a fairly easier transition, um, just through the system I had. Um, you know, early on I was with Soccer Tennis still, uh, and that's in Spain with Dan Kin, and as I mentioned, and just with that, uh, just with that backing and you know support system, it was just playing new tournaments, and it was I found it found it pretty easy, you know. Just a match is just a match at the end of the day, and that's kind of how I took it. Just you know, each tournament's a new tournament, and obviously trying to do the best I can at you know each tournament which I was going to go play at. But the trans- the transition itself, obviously, you know, it's different to from one year playing at you know, US Open and Wimbledon juniors and all that kind of stuff to, you know, maybe go and playing in, uh, you know, other countries that maybe aren't as glamorous, but 
you know it's all, all that's part of the journey and I'm a big believer in that you've got to enjoy the journey that you're on so you know you try to take the good with the bad and enjoy it the best you can I mean these are some of the great sporting arenas in the world though particularly when you go to a slam you know you think of Flushing Meadow we, we all watched recently and you know Roland Garros but going to Wimbledon I mean, playing in those courts. I mean, even you know, for you playing in you know boys tournaments or you know in qualifying, etc. I mean, it it must be a sort of living the dream in a sense. Yeah, I mean, for especially for a British tennis player, I think playing at playing at Wimbledon's uh, an amazing experience, an amazing time, and just every everything around them. You know, the two weeks during, and you know, the two weeks probably before with all the build up and stuff like. Everything around that's just amazing to be a British tennis player, and probably one of my fondest memories looking back was probably in my one of my junior careers um, when I played on the show court, and I, as a wild card, I ups, upsetted one of the seeds of the uh, of the tournament, and that was that was massive, and just being being able to play and with you know family watching live, where when you're travelling you don't often get, and with such great home support and. All of that, all of that side is is actually an amazing. It's an amazing few weeks, and that's I think that's the highlight of majority of you know, especially British tennis players. But I think even some of the pros have said you know, Wimbledon's a special time in all of their calendar. You're going around the world. I mean, this is this is a global sport, and you hop from place to place to place. Um, for a teenager, this must be an extraordinary opportunity. You know, or or is it just I saw a lot of hotel rooms. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's some places that are that are definitely glamorous and you definitely want to see, and some places it you know might feel a bit more business-like as you know they're uh, playing the tournament and just checking into the hotel room and doing what you got to do. But no, I've I've, I've been blessed um, with the opportunity to be able to travel and do you know go to the places I did and experience you know the life I did with the good and the bad and without maybe some of the Bad places. I wouldn't truly appreciate some of the uh, great places and opportunities I got to got to experience. I mean, with I mean, you talked about the support network you had from from tennis and from the LTA on top of that. But compare that, and this may be apples with oranges here. But compare that to what you find come summer times when you you're having a crack at basketball and you're playing for England. I mean, was it was there a real noticeable difference for you? Like. I mean, are we talking from the uh, junior standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's like night and day. It couldn't be any further off. Obviously, there's, uh, I'm not, you know, the person to really understand, you know, why. And obviously, you know, money is obviously a massive thing. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a definite, definite difference, uh, especially in Britain that we're talking. Um, I think. Uh, a reason maybe why you know tennis maybe got my attention or maybe priority from earlier maybe because of you know the system that was in place and it you know allowed me to be able to focus on it you know more I think um, there's a, some amazing people in British basketball that you know really are trying to you know propel British basketball and do the best they can for it but um, just especially when I was uh, playing and growing up I think it was you know quite it wasn't as easy to you know play regularly and um being a being a you know maybe a system or uh what you call it a 
trying to think of the right word for it. A, it's a just that ecosystem, of, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, when you, in the tennis, you know, you, you get uh, get in from quite early. You know, even from you know under ten times, uh, looking at you know a handful of players, and they've got kind of like ranking systems, and you know this and that, and these national tournaments, and all of this kind of stuff. So from early as pro, you know, maybe even under tens and twelves, you know, people are uh, put against the best players in the country and there's camps that you go away to regularly and all of this stuff where I think basketball, to be honest, I only really uh, got picked up or whatever, uh, probably, you know, like 14, 15 um, times. And, you know, at them times in tennis, I was already travelling into Europe to play, you know, European competitions. Um, So I think that's, that's, you know, one 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 of the bigger things. About it. And to be honest with basketball, because, you know, you know how much tennis I was, I was involved in and times like that, um, I didn't massively play away. I, mean, I think my first time ever playing any uh, Europe competition or any teams in Europe was a friendly competition um, when I was 15, I believe. Yeah, when I was 15. And even there, it was, you know, friendly playing... Uh, non-national teams I think it was maybe we played like maybe Denmark and then there was other like uh, club from Germany and stuff like this so the first time playing other national teams where I would be able to even say like if I was decent at this basketball thing relative to other people in Europe was probably 16 which is doesn't seem uh, that old but you know relative to tennis I was there was a lot of things I was doing at that, that age at tennis uh, you know in Europe, you know, playing in various different tournaments. So I think, you know, that kind of thing um, is where tennis for obviously like reasons that I'm I'm not one to speak on uh, is a bit ahead of basketball right now. I'm sure like the rest of us, you're still a tennis fan. I'm sure you you were avidly following Emma Raducanu's incredible journey to the US Open title. I mean, you, yeah. you kind of understand that more than most of us. I mean, it, was that as breathtaking for you to watch as everyone else? Yeah, I mean, I watch. So still now, you know, I, I stay tuned to to my friends that are playing, um, and obviously, you know, some of the bigger guys. But you know, before, you know, maybe Wimbledon, and she played on a, a pro, a British pro circuit last year, which my friend uh, Liam Brody won. Also, um, I hadn't massively heard of her name, but it's it's incredible, and obviously what watching it you know people are seeing that she's you know qualified and won us open and you know everyone's congratulating her but it's actually like speechless incredible how you know how she's done and she deserves it from you know what i'm hearing from her hard work and all that uh, so yes um you know just wish the best for her but yeah it's actually incredible what she's done and you know hope hopefully she can just you know, take this and, you know, continue to be great. I mean, she's already great. She's, you know, already done amazing. But if, you know, uh, if it's what she wants, I hope she uh, propels herself and uh, does even more. I mean, she's talked about the mental and physical challenges that come with with professional sport on a sport like that. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to make it. You're chasing the ranking points. You're chasing the money that gets you up the list to get you into tournaments, etc. I mean, how did you find that when you're at that point where you're you're trying to make it as a pro i mean it, it there must be a lot of pressure there 
every single week. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. I feel I, I definitely found some of them parts hard. Um, you know, that was you know, there was a lot I was playing for, and that was that was you know difficult. I don't think uh, I think that was all probably by myself. I, again, like I said, like my my support system and uh, my coaches were amazing. So there's never there's never anything from there. But I think it's just one of them things in in the sport that is just playing tennis is just a normal a normal it's a normality so it's something you just get used to i mean even in the junior circuit um the points points wise you know it's a rolling calendar year again so you're used to you know playing tournaments defending points from maybe a year ago and so yeah it is it, it is something you're used to but at the same time it is something that's extremely difficult you know it's, you are playing tournaments and there is prize money involved and especially when you're not uh, playing, you know, the Grand Slams and all of this stuff, maybe where the money is possibly a bit of a, less of a concern, in as such as you know you're in a financially extremely good place, is some is something that you know can be on your mind. And for some people and others, it can you know play maybe more on your mind. But I think for there is a lot of people that obviously are playing for the money, but also I think there's a lot of people that you know love the game, so kind of you know play for the the love of the game. Um, chase maybe more the ranking points and chase the dream of you know playing at some of the higher tournaments and the higher levels rather than uh solely for the money but i do think it comes hand in hand and um as you mentioned it's not easy and i definitely don't have a the the right answer to say how to uh, you know best deal with it i think everyone's just going to deal with it the best way they can or the way they think they should and i think that's just you know how everyone goes about it I mean, at one point you have a shoulder injury, and it's not, I think, the only reason from what what I've read. But where does the shift come where you go? This isn't this isn't where I'm going with with life or with sport. You know, it, it's 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 either you know academics, and then funneling yourself back towards basketball. Yeah, it was it was a crazy, uh, it was a it was a tough decision, um, but the decision actually wasn't to leave tennis initially. Um, so my first decision was to get back into education. Um, you know, it's, as, as, you, as you touched on, you know, there's different reasons, but yeah, so I you know, got back into education and with that, you know, one of my closest friends, Rim Lascelles, uh, came back from America where he was playing out there on a full scholarship. And uh, yeah, he came back and you know, I've known him from young young times and we played together on teams uh, when we were younger. And obviously with tennis, you know, you travel so much. So this is the first time in a good six, seven, eight years maybe that I've really been at home for a long period of time. Um, and he just kind of said, like, do you want to play for the local club type thing? Uh, Derby Trailblazers, where we played when we were growing up. And, yeah, I just end up deciding to... Uh, play just you know enjoy enjoy playing enjoy just you know the other aspects of life outside tennis and um you know playing playing there and studying at Loughborough University which are closely linked with uh, Leicester Riders uh, after a few months I think I had a good spell I think me and me and Rima uh, did a lot of good things stats wise and uh, we're in a good place and I think yeah it just came hand in hand and the opportunity just kind of came up just to play play and train with Leicester Riders and uh, with that would be alongside with my studies and 
and after a long deliberation, I kind of just picked up the ball and ran with it. And kind of, and, uh, yeah, it, just, it kind of, it kind of really happened quite quickly, and um, it was something that I wasn't expecting, you know, going into the when I was going into my education. Um, but at the time, I just thought it was a decision that kind of just wanted to do, and yeah, I just haven't haven't looked back since. I was definitely a difficult decision. Um, tennis obviously has been such a passion of mine and it's given me so much but you know at, at the time it just it just felt right and that's kind of just what I went with what's the transferable skills because in the, you know, you, the footwork must be one but you know what do you what do you take now even now from all that grinding and the years that you spent and the experience you, you got and the learnings you took from from other people and, and yourself what's what's the transferable skills that you you pick up that have been invaluable in basketball yeah i think tennis is a is an amazing sport and there's, there's so much more to tennis than you know what maybe spectators might see just from watching you know games uh on on tv you know there's everything off court with you know traveling and all sorts and some of the stuff we even touched on uh, earlier um and with that i kind of took everything from tennis and you know tennis has changed me molded me and you know shaped my character and you know some of them stuff have stayed with me and being a individual sport you know there's a lot of you know time commitment um determination and you know level-headedness you have to play you know even watching uh some of the matches you know tennis matches there's always ups and downs in tennis matches and even through tournaments um there's ups and downs, you know, some good games, you know, some difficult ones and, you know, all that kind of the mental side of tennis, you know, I try to take into, you know, the basketball side and, uh, you know, do what I can do. And my, there's a saying, you know, control the controllables and um, my coaches at the, at, you know, at the time, Dan Kiernan was a strong believer of that. And um, we kind of always work with, that, work with that, you know, control what you can control. Um, and if you can't control it, don't you know, try not to worry about it too much. And you know, with that stuff, I try and take that into my, you know, my basketball, which is maybe a little bit more difficult as you know you're not able to control as much being in you know a team, a team, uh, team sport. But you know there is a lot of stuff you can control on the court and uh, you know off the court, and you know that kind of mental side of things is is definitely a massive part, which you know I try to take into my basketball game, which. I'd like to say hold me has held me in a good place and from starting back basketball again you know, a couple of years ago now and I think it's put me in a good place. It's those four years with Leicester and you know, trophies galore that always helps. But I remember that first season that you came back in. It was you know it was a small role and you know it was it was learning and clearly it was you know you were still finding your feet about what you could do. How do you now you can step back from it a little bit? How do you view that sort of process of probably playing catch up in a sense in terms of your basketball development to the point where you know you can be satisfied or you can feel that you've you've you're starting to reach that potential or reach that level that you probably would have got to if you'd not played tennis and you just kept on that basketball journey? Yeah, uh, it was what easy. I mean, uh, Leicester was. Um... It's a good good club, you know. There's a lot of uh, you know good people in, involved with that club, um, and I, it was one of them. I just kind of went into it, and you know, let me not forget, you know, Loughborough University as well. 
obviously with the, the basketball program they've got there um, was a great setup. And it kind of just going into the uh, situation, just thinking, understanding my situation in a sense of, you know, I hadn't you know probably played basketball in a proper match here and probably like going five, six <laughs> years or something. And just understanding that, you know, I'm behind in many things and just trying to take everything on board. But I think the biggest thing was just understanding the fact and not trying to, you know, get, you know, too ahead of myself or, I'm just trying to take everything on everything on board, uh, knowledge-wise, because you know physically, you know I've, I've been playing a professional sport, so you know my body, you know needed to adapt in certain aspects. Well, you know like cardio, strength, you know them kind of stuff. You know I was in a, I was in pretty good nick, but it was more, you know the other side of the game, like understanding the game of basketball. Um, it was that side, so it was just understanding that that maybe I don't have all all the answers, but being prepared and willing to make make the right questions and being prepared to make mistakes and just try to learn from them. And even now, uh, you know, I believe there's people that you know that are, that are on the team now that have played at great places, coaches that have you know coached great players and coached great teams and done great things and um, just constantly you know trying to trying to learn and trying to be better than I was yesterday, better than I was last week. Because I understand that that was a big big portion of my basketball career you could say uh, that I missed um, so I'm just trying to fill in them th- all them gaps as quickly and as best as possible You moved to London last summer and the outside looking at that you think here's a deeper roster fewer minutes potentially available on the table what, what made you decide that the Lions was the place to go to for that next tranche of your career? Yeah, I think uh, it was a diff- It was a very difficult decision. Like I just said, you know, um, there was a lot of trophies won at Leicester, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to get to and um, be the best player I can be. And uh, you know, I think with the plans and uh, goals of you know London Lions, it was it was so appealing and um, it was so like interesting to me that I think it was one of them things that. Um, after you know some talks and and discussion, it just it, again it just felt right. It just felt like this was going to be the the next move for myself. Um, it wasn't it wasn't an easy easy choice, but yeah, uh, I think it was think it was right. And yeah, still now I believe I believe I made the right decision at the time. Justin Robinson was a great role model, terrific player yeah. in your position. What do you what are you able to learn from someone like him with all the experience and all the you know the knowledge that he's got? Uh, Justin, like he's, a, he's an incredible basketball player. He's an incredible person for you know London Lions and incredible person for British basketball. Um, he does so many things the right way on like, on the court. You know, like he's uh, speaks for himself. You know, what I mean, two time MVP. Um, Played in various countries at you know the highest level in Europe. Yeah, he's on the court. There's so there's so much you can learn, and being on a team with him, always trying to you know ask the questions or speak to him, try to pick his brain on uh, different things. And he's so open to have them discussions and uh, try just depart his knowledge as best he can. So yeah, I can't give enough praise to Justin and having someone like him in the locker room. Um, kind of like maybe not directly on the court it's great he is a person that leads by example every day um gives 
gives his 100% in everything he does in training and uh, in games and is very extremely driven to win and you know there's nothing more important than getting that getting that win on the on that given day whatever that may mean for him uh, individually and I think that's something that I can definitely um, I definitely agree on and having that that's definitely something that I can you know aspire and kind of follow follow him you know just he lead by example and I do my best to follow as best I can. I mean, you're, you're I mean you're 27 years of age now, I mean, so you're not a spring chicken in in basketball terms, etc. When you when you look at this next few years, when you're you're in your prime, mm-hmm. what's the aspiration that you have in terms of what you can accomplish? And you know, from a personal level, from a team standpoint, you know, where would you like that to map itself out? Yeah, I know. I know definitely, you know, my game, I, I know what I can do and I, I believe that, you know, with the with the right opportunities I'm able, you know, to play at a high level, you know, it's for the future it's difficult to, you know, sports is very difficult to say exactly where things you know, things how things will happen in the future or, you know, where you might be in the future, what level or you know, I can what I can control obviously is, you know, the work I'll put into it and, you know, the belief in myself and I definitely know that I've got the level and the work that I'm going to put in in the next you know, few years is definitely going to be there. So I'm definitely excited to see where it will take me. And I'm a strong believer. I'm not going to put myself um, and my basketball in the, in the best uh, place in regards of I know I'm going to be a better player next year and the year after than, than I am now. And you know, I'm just hoping that uh, where, wherever I'm at, that's going to also lead to you know, trophies and, and definitely positive things. Last couple of things, a couple of big picture ones. Um, I mean, the ATP tennis tour, not perfect, but tennis is a multi-million dollar sport. The players are largely invested in its success. I mean, you, you talked about the junior level, but from the sort of senior, the pro game, what could basketball in this country learn from how tennis sets itself up? I think it's difficult one that uh, definitely compare, as in, um, again, like I wouldn't know, but I can imagine the... You know, the budget's a little different and obviously one being a team sport, one being an individual sport. But I'd say the biggest thing is just opportunity um, and maybe availability. You know, I think from the pro level in basketball, I think it would be uh, great, you know, if there, was, if there was easy access for, you know, pros when they come back, whether it's uh, from their teams or maybe if they're a little bit older in college to be able to get to somewhere and they're able to play and train during the summer like regularly with ease I think maybe a common thing is I think people are finding maybe difficult to find places you know to be able to play and maybe not just that but also to get the quality of playing maybe people can find places to play but maybe the quality that uh, is there so maybe uh, being able to structure something where there's a lot of quality people at one place um well, yeah, you know, it's it's difficult to it's difficult to say, and obviously it's always easy to say, you know, when you're sitting from the sitting from the outside and pointing, but uh, from you know the limited knowledge of what they're able to do and what they're trying to do, I say that's something that um, could get better. And London this season, I mean, last year we we thought you guys were going to win everything. It didn't quite turn out this way. I mean, it's it's a new roster, but 
what's the goal? I mean, is, is the goal this year to clean sweep? Or you know, where do you set the bar this year? Uh, yeah, you know, it's for me personally anyway. Uh, obviously, every year that I've been playing, I think with tennis, I think that the, the goal is to clean sweep. You know, I think majority of the tournaments in tennis and matches you play in basketball, I think, you know, it's, it's always to, uh, you know, win everything. I think um, there was, there was a, did have the opportunity to do that, you know, last year. And I think that we put ourselves in opportunity to do that, you know, we, we was in all the finals and we were coming close in the, in the league. Um, but yeah, same again, to be honest, I think that has to be the goal for London Lions. Um, and that's a goal for myself, most definitely. But not only that is also, you know, we got opportunities in Europe and it's to go out in Europe and, you know, do the same thing. Unfortunately, we were, we were in the Champions League and we had a tough one against a, Italian, a good Italian team called Treviso. But, you know, we got more games coming up. And for me personally and for me for the team, it would be uh, the same goal. It would be, you know, looking to go out there, take, game, take each game at a time. But going into each game is looking to... You know, get the get get wins. Um, we've definitely got the team to do it. We've got the ability in the team to do it. Um, we've got the personnel. Um, so I don't think there's a reason why not. And do you see that FIBA Europe Cup? I mean, it's not a bad group. Obviously, it's you you take the learnings from a couple of seasons and a couple of European odysseys now. But I mean, does that feel like, hey, you know, let's let's embrace this chance, let's learn from it, but actually, let's try and do something. Yeah, I think. As a as a team, from you know the Treviso guy as a team, you know we've we've got to look on that and do better as a team. Um, but I guess me personally looking on the uh, the our, our group, it's, it's 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 not it's not a you know type of uh, thrill or you know um, I'll, I'll put this verse. It's not a you know excited to type. type kind of be there type feel it's more like this is where you know we are this is we 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 have the team to be here this is where we belong and it's doing what i know that the team can do and win those games to put put it through to the next stage so it's you know we're not we're not and i'm not over there when we travel and when they come here to um play and just uh, you know be there we're you know it's definitely there to represent and come away with wins and go to the next stage in that and that is the only focus of playing that playing these group matches is to win these games and go to the next stage well we're certainly hoping that you guys can be a you know a smash hit um good luck with your season um let, let, let's hope it's uh, serves up terrible, terrible puns huh. um lots of successes for you and um continued good luck with uh, your progressing etc I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, Josh. That is it for this edition of the MVP cast. You can get all our previous editions via the website, including our recent shows with Jules Dangakoto and Lloyd Gardner, or subscribe via your preferred podcast provider. Another edition coming very soon. But for me, Mark Woods, thank you so much for listening, and it's bye for now. <laughs>